Hi there, welcome to Claim the Stage, a podcast about public speaking and speaking up. If you struggle with saying what you want to say on stage, on camera, or in conversation, you're in the right place. I'm Angela Lucier, your host. I'm also an author, professional speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. If you want to practice the tips you learn on this podcast, you can check out a Speaker Sisterhood club as a guest for free. Learn more at speakersisterhood.com. Hello there. How are you? (laughs) Before we jump in today's episode, I have to say thank you to everyone who reached out to me about the dandelion marketing strategy episode. After I recorded that and posted it, I thought, did I really need to put that out there? (laughs) I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I'm happy to hear that not only did it make sense, but a lot of you really appreciated it and it helped you with reframing marketing. And believe me, I know when you own your own business or you're putting yourself out there, the idea of marketing can be daunting. So if you can change the way that you think about it, it changes the way you approach it and the way that you experience it. So I'm really glad that the episode made an impact and that I decided to do it because that's uh, it's always a win when you can help people. So one other thing before we start, my new Skillshare class is up and live and it's doing great and I've gotten great feedback on that too. So if you're thinking about taking the class, now is the time. I have the link in the show notes. It's called Public Speaking for Shy Creatives, Be Relaxed and Confident. And I give four strategies on how to do that. And I offer lots of stories and examples. And this class was a blast to make. If you haven't heard the episode yet, I just recorded it a couple weeks ago. So you can go back and listen to how the class was put together and what you get from it. And if you use the link in the show notes, you can get a free month of Skillshare and check out the class. And I'd love to hear what you think of that too. If you want to shoot me an email, Angela at speakersisterhood.com. Okay. That's it for announcements. Let's jump into the episode. Five simple ways to improve your presentation. I was just thinking the other day how much I love lists. Are you a list maker? If, if you are a list maker, you're like a list maker. Like you wake up in the morning and you have the paper, you have the pencil, and you are just like, what can I get out of my brain onto this piece of paper and eventually cross off, right? <laughs> like I love that feeling so much. <laughs> like sometimes I'll write on the list, make a list, just so that at the end of the list, I have something to cross off already. I don't, I don't know what that says about me, but I, I love it. <laughs> Even on the weekends, I love having lists. And one thing I learned over the pandemic, and maybe this is related to being a mom too, is that I love chores now. Like I love cleaning. <laughs> like I love, I love, I love grocery shopping again. Like I used to when I was just starting to, you know, cook and buy groceries. But now I. I like it. I don't know. And I ordered a new coat rack for my front hall and I put it together last weekend and it was just like, it was so rewarding. I couldn't wait to like put it together. And when I was going through the instructions, I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. And I like had all my tools out and it looks so good. So I decided to put together a list for you, five simple ways to improve your presentation. And I wanted to pick things that are simple, actionable, things that you can do today that won't require much 
thought, but just these small tweaks will make a huge difference. So let's jump into the list. The first is always, always, always ask yourself the three key questions before building your talk. And this goes for any kind of speech. Even if you're running a staff meeting, you always want to ask yourself these questions because the more time you spend on these questions, the better outcome you will have. Okay. Cause standing in front of a room of people is not just about giving out information. It's about connecting with their heart, connecting with their mind, connecting with their goals. And if you're not thinking about them, then you're losing them and you're not having as much of an impact and you're not using your time in the best way. So if you want to really get, get their attention, if you want to make sure people are buying in, especially in a virtual environment, when you have to present to people and you don't know if they're paying attention because their camera might not be on, this is a great place to start to help increase the chances that they're paying attention. So the first question is who's in my audience? Always, 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 always start with this. And if you're always running the same meeting for the same group of people, you don't have to answer this question every single time, but you always have to consider it because you know the answer, you know, this group of people, if it's your team who report to you, you know, who's in your audience there, maybe there's five copywriters or graphic designers or engineers or salespeople. Who are they? What do they care about? What do they need? What are their goals? What are their fears? What are their challenges? If you can try to answer these questions before you put together your presentation, it will help you to craft something that meets their desires and their interests. But if you don't start with that, then you just start building something that probably will fall flat. The second question is what problem am I solving for them? And if you're running a staff meeting, you're probably saying to yourself, what do you mean? What problem am I solving for them? I'm giving them information. Maybe, (laughs) but what if it could be more than that? What if telling them, Hey, the deadline for this project has changed from December 31st to December 15th. You've now created maybe some fear for them. You've maybe created some panic, some worry. So now the problem you're solving for them is how to help them feel less anxious and scared about meeting that new deadline by offering solutions and ideas to make things go a little faster and easier for them. So be, be able, being able to anticipate what might happen in the meeting by offering solutions in the meeting will help them to stay engaged and help them to see that you're on the same page and that you're, you care and you're paying attention to them. And the third question is what results am I offering? And this is such an important question because we often forget that the whole point of speaking is to help people improve something in some way, to add value in some way. And I love using infomercials when I think about this concept of results, because any infomercial you watch has results all over it. That's the whole thing. Like they're just promising results every 10 seconds. And so if you're confused about what it means to offer results, just Google the sham. Wow. (laughs) Watch the three minute infomercial and you'll be like, Oh, I see what she's saying. How can you tie results into your presentation so that you give people a reason to care? Because if they can, if you can promise them great results, then maybe they'll be more interested in working with you or following your advice or trying what you're offering. I was recently in my, my Skillshare class, actually, I give an example of, (laughs) I don't know why I chose this. It just seems simple and universal, but the example presentation I give in that class is how to mow the lawn. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the the audience for that talk is new homeowners who want to have a great looking lawn, but don't want to spend all their time and money on it. And the results that I'm offering is having to have the best lawn on the street without spending all your free time and, and free money or not free money, but you know, your savings account on, on the lawn. And that's a, that's a real result. Like people who own a house generally want their lawn to look good, but they don't want it to be their part-time job. So thinking when you're putting together your presentation about what the results are will help you stay focused on putting the right content in to accomplish that goal and those results. So that's the first step on how to improve your presentation. Always ask yourself the three key questions. Who is in my audience? What problem am I solving for them? And what results am I offering? And if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've probably heard me talk about this 300 times, but I think it's always worth bringing up again because it's the core, it's the foundation, it's the starting point for every single talk. And if you aren't doing this, you are missing a huge opportunity to build something meaningful. And so you'll probably hear me talk about another 300 times. Sorry, but (laughs) we want to make sure we really drill this one home. (laughs) All right. The second point in my five simple tips is to start and end strong. Have you ever sat in the audience and someone gets up to speak and they're fumbling around with their notes and they're apologizing and they're sweating and they look like they had done zero prep. And oftentimes they'll even say, sorry, I didn't get enough time to put everything together that I wanted to say, or, oh, sorry, I was stuck in traffic and I just got here and I'm not prepared. It's like, that is the most underwhelming opening to any talk. Like you could have said literally anything else. And now your, your audience is disappointed <laughs> and wondering what am I missing? Because this could have been way better. And, but we're getting the watered down version because you're not prepared. So instead of disappointing your audience from the first second, skip all the apologizing and have a prepared opening and have a prepared closing. And when I say start and end strong, I don't mean memorize the first five minutes. I mean, memorize the first seven seconds and the last seven seconds. You might be asking yourself, why seven seconds? Well, the average sentence is 15 to 20 words, also known as seven seconds. So all you need to do is memorize the first sentence and the last sentence of your talk. And that will give you a strong opening. You'll feel confident. You can make eye contact during it and you have a great starting point and a great ending point. And when I say opening sentence, it can also be a question. It doesn't have to be a sentence, but if you put a lot of time and effort into having a strong opening and a strong closing, you grab your audience's attention right away and you leave them something with something powerful to think about instead of sort of rambling and trailing off, hoping to wrap up in some meaningful way, give yourself a strong ending by preparing ahead of time with the one sentence that you're going to say, and then leave it at that. So try this in your next presentation, and I promise you it will grab your audience's attention and leave them wanting more. Start and end strong. That is tip number two. The third tip is to use vocal variety. Vocal variety. Anyone have any thoughts about what that might mean? (laughs) It's actually so many things. It's volume. It's speaking louder or speaking softer to get people's attention. It's speaking faster. It's speaking slower. It's putting pauses into your speech, your sentences in between your sentences. It's varying your 
vocal (laughs) presentation to add interest. So vocal variety increases the impact of your speech in a few ways. One, it's easier to follow along because the variety grabs the audience's attention, which means it does away with monotone delivery, which comes across as dull and flat. Raise your hand if you've sat in the audience of a presenter who's just talking in a monotone voice the whole time. And all you're thinking about is when you get to leave because it's so boring. So when you're presenting, you want to look for opportunities in your speech to add vocal variety. And that means thinking about key moments when you want your audience to pay attention. So if you have an exciting story to share, that's a great moment to speed up your presentation. If you have a really important statistic you want everyone to remember, leave a little space before you say it. Leave a little space after you say it. That adds drama. Even repeat it. If you want people to really listen to something, say it louder or say it quieter. Then they have to really lean in to hear you. But it's up to you as the presenter to figure out where you want to insert the vocal variety and then practice using it. So here's an example. Um, this is a stat that I might sprinkle into my speech and it's, it's meant to create like, I don't know, just kind of get people paying attention. Over the past century, the name Michael has been the most popular male baby name 44 times. 44 times. <laughs> so did you hear my voice go up? <laughs> like I'm telling you how to react and feel through the, my tone. And then for another example, the global rate for washing hands after using the toilet is under 20%. So I'm showing you like disappointment, right? Like by lowering my tone, I'm kind of helping you feel like, oh, that's not good. Right. Whereas in my other example, I was kind of like, wow, like helping you feel kind of like, wow, too. (laughs) So you can do that through pacing and tone and being strategic in where you include that. So next time you're going to give a speech, look through all your content and try to put a star next to the places where you want to speak louder, speak quieter, speak faster, speak slower, and practice doing that. And it will keep your audience engaged. So it's just like a quick little trick, but it makes a humongous difference. So that's the third tip. Use vocal variety. The fourth tip is present yourself with power through a strong stance. This one, we, we don't have to do this as much because so much presenting is going on online right now and we're often sitting in a chair for that presentation. But if you do get the opportunity to stand up, then I'm going to tell you how to do that effectively. Uh, 91% of the listeners to this podcast are women. So I'm going to just address women for a second here. And you know, this podcast is aimed at women. A very common way that women stand while giving presentations that I've observed over the last like 15 years is with your legs crossed. That means like, like crossing your ankles and it's so common and it's almost like not, you're not even doing it intentionally. It's just something that we do. And the problem with that is there's a few problems. One, it, it's not a strong stance because you're now balancing basically on one leg. (laughs) And you're trying to hold yourself steady, which is distracting you from your content and distracting you from your delivery and distracting you from your connection with your audience, because you're thinking about not falling over. 
and it may not be completely conscious, but it is distracting you. The second problem with it is that it looks like you have to pee. This is how people stand when they have to pee, (laughs) right? And when you stand like that, even though your audience may not necessarily be thinking it, subconsciously they may be wondering. It may be a question in their mind, like, why is she standing like that? It doesn't look like the most comfortable way to stand. It also doesn't really imply any power, but she's doing that, so why? And, and so when you stand like that, you relinquish your power and you also relinquish your focus because you're now trying not to fall over. So what you want to do instead is stand with your legs hip distance apart with 50% of your weight in each foot. And so you can practice this right now. Just stand up, put your legs hip distance apart and 50% of your weight in each foot. And the reason I specify that is because a lot of times when we stand like that, we tend to lean to one side. Maybe we put 80% of our, our weight in one foot. And when you do that, it doesn't come across as, as grounded. It comes across as sort of laissez-faire, like you're just kind of standing there and it's not intentional, but this way it is intentional and it's not distracting because it's just like, it's, it's equally weighted. It doesn't draw attention to it. And then once you have your feet, uh, hip distance apart with 50% of your weight in each foot, put 60% of your weight in your toes. So you're leaning forward slightly. And the reason for this is, is because especially with people who are f- afraid of speaking, they tend to kind of lean back. Like they're trying to run away a little bit. Like they want, they're afraid of their audience. And so they don't really want to lean into their audience. But when you put 60% of your weight in front of you, you have no choice but to lean into your audience. And when you do that, you're putting your energy in front of you, which is where it should go to the people sitting right in front of you, instead of trying to lean back and put your energy behind you. So just that one little tweak of putting a little bit more weight in your toes will help your audience to feel like you're there for them and you're talking with them and not trying to run away. (laughs) And then the last thing is, to bend your knees slightly. A little bend in your knees helps to just kind of loosen you up a little bit and not look so stiff like you're the tin man or something. So this might all sound like, oh, this is like a lot to remember, but you don't have to just do this when you're standing on a stage or in front of the room. Practice it at home. I do it all the time while I'm washing dishes. I do it in line at the grocery store. I do it while I'm brushing my teeth. It's just, it's helpful to create the muscle memory and to just do it. And so then when you're standing on stage, you're not constantly like, how much weight is in each foot? And am I standing right? Am I, am I bending enough? You don't have to think about it. And, and when you have a strong stance, you're just, you're presenting yourself with power because you have a power stance and then you can do what you need to do with your hands and your face and everything else. But starting with this is a great, is a great foundation. So that's tip number four, present yourself with power through a strong stance. The fifth point is build your own pre-speech ritual. And whenever I I talk about this, I always think about baseball players because baseball players are notoriously superstitious and they think that everything they do for the day leading up to their game makes a difference in their performance and the outcome of the game. So they eat the same thing at the same time. They do the same workout. They wear the same clothes. They maybe consume the same media, maybe have the same 
conversation with the same person, they have these rituals that they do so that they go into each game with the same mindset, hoping that if it was a winning mindset last time, it'll be a winning mindset this time. So you want to adapt that same exact kind of mindset for yourself by creating a pre-speech ritual that gets you into a place of confidence, belief in yourself, enthusiasm for your topic, care for your audience, interest in doing well. And you can do that by creating a ritual that works for you. So I don't know what works for you. So it's going to be up to you to build your own. I know for me, I love going for walks outside. You've even heard me do podcasts from my neighborhood walking around (laughs) on the sidewalk. So one thing I always do is go for a 30 to 45 minute walk around my neighborhood. And if I still feel like I need to do more practice on some of the stories in the speech, I'll practice them while I'm walking around. And if you're a newsletter subscriber, you probably read about me <laughs> talking about this method a couple months ago, taking myself for a walk where I just practice speeches while I'm walking. So the, the um, exercise, the fresh air, the sunshine, the practice, it's all just part of my ritual. I also eat one of two meals. I either have eggs and toast or yogurt and fruit about an hour and a half to two hours before I speak. And the reason for that is because it's, they have protein and carbs and they're not, they're easy to digest and like they're foods that I've eaten a million times. So I know I'm not going to have any issue with them. I know that like I eat and then I move on with my day and I don't have, like, I don't feel bloated. I don't feel tired. So those are foods that make it easy to just focus on the speech and not have to deal with queasiness or taking a Tums or anything like that. And then I always journal. I love to write. So I'll write out my feelings and thoughts in a journal if I'm feeling any anxiety or fear about the speaking engagement, which still pops up even after all this time. And I always shower and wear one of three outfits. Picking an outfit that you feel confident in and you know represents you well and you know fits you well and is comfortable and won't distract you from the talk is important as well. So that's my ritual. You can also do power posing, meditation, breathing exercises. You can record yourself, uh, you know, either audio or video and watch it back. You can call a friend and get a pep talk. <laughs> you can do lip trills, which we talked about in episode 108 and 140. Um, So these are all things that go into your pre-speech ritual that will help set you up for success. And your ritual doesn't have to take half a day. It's totally your call. If you just want to take 10 minutes to sit quietly before your speech and meditate or breathe, great, do that. It's totally up to you to create. So that's my list of five simple ways to improve your presentation. And I'll just go back through it really quick. Number one, always ask yourself the three key questions before building your talk. Who's in my audience? What problem am I solving for them? And what results am I offering? Number two, start and end strong. Number three, use vocal variety. Number four, present yourself with power through a strong stance. And number five, build your own pre-speech ritual like a baseball player. I hope you love this list. I hope you'll try them out and... Um, you know, I hope it improves your presentations. So that's it for today, my friends. I will see you next week. I hope you loved today's show. If you did, a great way to say thank you is to share this episode with your friends on Instagram. Don't forget to tag me at Angela Lucier and Speaker Sisterhood at Speaker Sisterhood. Well, that does it for me this week, my friends. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.